1: what is going on everybody welcome to episode 42 of ghost of the night today i want to just play the remaining portions of my conversation with reverend connell um we continue the protection of demonic against demonic activity and also we kind of move into his role as an exorcist so let's go ahead and get this podcast started Ghost in the Night with Phil Sands. Yeah, because I've always come from it from the aspect of or the thought of, you know, it's mental, you know, it's a demon or even an evil spirit because, you know, there is a distinction between the two in my, in my view. They want they pick on or they are they go after the low hanging fruit and what i mean by that is you know if you are it sounds bad weak-minded or you're having a bad day or you're stressed out or you're mm-hmm. something in your life is causing you not to be 100% focused on your mental strength they're going to go after that person first before they're going to take on somebody who is strong in their convictions who is mentally strong spiritually strong and you know naturally I don't want to say physically strong but just represents themselves as a strong person. They're strong minded. They they're up for the fight essentially. You know, they want the path they want to go down the path of least resistance. So anybody that I've always been more mental. Try to focus my mental my mind on what I need to do, the task at hand, the protection of myself. And I'm a firm believer in the faith portion of it. Mm -hmm. If you put your, if you strongly believe in your convictions and your relationship with God or your faith, that it doesn't matter what medals or that, that crucifix is going to, or those rosaries are going to have more effect than somebody who's just, you know, having a bad day and they're just not into it mentally, they're stressed out. Does that make sense?
0: Uh yeah, I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah.
1: I mean, I it's I understand what you're saying. It's, you know, it's you know, I always yeah. try to go when I'm at my best essentially. You know, yeah, if I'm if yeah. I'm not focused in on my if I'm not feeling spiritually or mentally strong, I I'm better off not to do it because I yeah. then I'm more of a target than I uh, would be otherwise.
0: Yeah, you better believe it. Right. Okay. And keep this in mind too that you know demons aren't bound by time. They're spiritual, they're right. not bound by time. Right. So a long game is nothing for them. Right. You know their long game could be a thousand years.
1: Yeah, they're not. They don't have do our. High, you know? They don't have our weakness of life to where we have a life expectancy.
0: Right. right. You know they they exist in the past, present, and future all simultaneously. They're just they're just there. You know, right? It, it, it's hard for our minds to grasp, but right. you know, I love those kinds of arguments.
1: <laughs> right. you, you know, because we is, you know, time there is time, and I've spoke about this. I forget who I was speaking. I think I even talked about it on the podcast. But time is a human aspect. Yeah, yeah. You know, we relate every. We measure everything by how many times we go around the sun. You know, mm-hmm. and how many times the Earth revolves. We that's how we measure everything. A spirit or something, the other realm, and you know, I believe it's a different realm. Essentially, they're not; they don't recognize that version of time. We invented time. Time does not exist. Essentially, we invented right. time. It just as a way of measuring our life.
0: We have a beginning. We have an end. In
1: right. The physical and, realm, and, you know. In the spiritual realm, there's you know, there's no beginning. There's no end. It's there, right. it's just there, mm-hmm. and. You know that's because that's always the kind of debate. Not to get too religious or too, <laughs> you know, the whole created. And I've been in topics or conversations with people on this before. You know, the Earth was created in seven days. Um, you're thinking a week. God's version of seven days might be a whole lot different than our version of seven days. You know, right. we can't. You can't think literally when you're thinking of the spiritual world. You, it's more figurative in how. You know, it there's a lot more flexibility.
0: Right. Right.
1: It's not yeah. literal to the way we think.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm not too much of a literalist either, right. and, unless it comes to um obeying or disobeying. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that that that's about the only literal I could think I could find.
1: Right. Now what when we are talking about demonic activity, what are the do demons have certain certain powers or certain um, attributes that set them apart, other than just being of a, a non living spiritual being? I mean, do they have certain powers, as in you know, power of telekinesis or something? Well, you know, what what power do they have over us?
0: Uh, <laughs> wisdom. Uh, they they have uh, power of. Knowing everything. They know us better than we know ourselves. Right. They know human beings. They know what makes us tick. Right. Everything. Uh, I think, you know, they do make things move. Mm-hmm. Can make things move. Uh, but that's because we can't see them. Right. They might actually be touching. Touching that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I do not believe and will not believe that they can read our minds. Or know the future. They can't. Right. Uh, they, But... They are extremely intuitive. They can tell what you're going to do based on your past actions, so because they can, they've probably been manipulating you your whole life somehow.
1: So basically, they're really good at cold reading. Yeah. They're like a some of these charlatan psychic mediums. <laughs> they're really good at cold reading.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah um, they're, they're experts. <laughs>
1: yeah, let Let me pose this question to you. Um, uh-huh. God created the heavens and the earth. He, for lack of a better term, he allowed Satan to do what he did, to rebel, and he cast him out. Because I've always come from the way of thinking that there has to be, the universe is about balance. There has to be good, there can't be good without evil. It isn't, you know, a lot of, you'll always hear, I've heard just my grandmother say this and my mother say this, it's God's plan. God knew what was going on. He knew what was going to happen. Because he knew there had to be balance, he knew there had to be a good. There had to be a bad. There had to be good. There had to be evil. So, when you look at demons, we, you know, everybody. I've I come from from the thinking that we have to. They're actually, unfortunately, a necessity in the universe, just for balance in the universe. I'm. I'm not. And people around are probably listening and saying, "Oh my God, he's yeah. saying demons are good." No, I'm saying no. They're a needed part of. They create balance in the aspect because if I, I'm a firm believer in free will, we. Mm-hmm. God gave us the choice of free will. Mm-hmm. He gave us the choice. Mm-hmm. He put us on the road, and he put a fork in the road. So I'm. I don't look at demons at. This is going to sound, freaking horrible, but. I don't know how else to say this. Yes, they're evil, but they're necessary to evil. Does that kind of make sense?
0: I see what you're saying. Right. You know, and it sounds like a more of an Eastern mysticism right. way of thought, you know, the yin yang. Um Um my theology says that God only created good. Hmm. It was good in the beginning. It was even in Genesis that said he created it right. and it was good. Everything was good. But he gave us free will. He gave his angels free will. Everybody, everything he created, free will. Choose whatever they wanted. That's his, his ultimate gift. There you go. Right. You can choose to obey, you can choose to disobey, whatever. Right. One uh, of the angels got too haughty, so he disobeyed. Maybe he, maybe God did know there was going to be evil. I'm sure he did. You know. Of course, he's all-knowing. Right. Um, whether it's needed, I don't know. I'm not sold on that it's needed. I'm sold on that it is a tool that can be used to drive somebody back to God. Right. I can allow. God, he does not punish us. He is not a punisher. he corrects us, he will allow bad things to happen just to drive us back to him.
1: It's kind of, I like to use the analogy, it's, I think of it and here's my pea brain thinking of it as a parenting, you know, occasionally as a parent, you have <laughs> to let your kid stick that fork in the socket Yeah, yeah. Um, for them to learn not to do it. You can tell them no. not to do it all day long, but by yep. telling them not to do it, they're going to want to do it that much more, <laughs> you know, and I, th- and I, you know, that is just the way I view how he handles us essentially, mm-hmm. you know. He lets us make our forge our own path, make our own mistakes, and you know he he understands and he realizes that you know he's going to lose some along the way, but sure. the ones that he does make the correct choice or make the right choice are that much better and that much stronger for it. Sure. You know I, I know I'm going to get texts and or emails that about. I'm a I'm a Satanist now, but that's okay. Oh, jeez, Yeah, it, <laughs> no. it, happens. it happens. I mean, you know, because, you know, and the reason I said that, because, you know, when you say the word demon or demonology or Satan or anything, it strikes uh-huh. fear. And I was even taught this, to strike fear. Sure. I don't necessarily fear because I think I understand it and I don't immediately, my first reaction isn't gut-wrenching. It's like, okay, it's just part of the, it's part of the world. Not that I don't fear it. It's just I don't. This is so. It's you know, i It's part of the of world. Life. I don't. Whether we like it or not. I don't get all weepy or scared when I hear those terms. <laughs> you know, and I remember as a child. You know, you hear the word Satanist in the store. You hear stories about satanic cults. You're like, because mm-hmm. there's a. Just for, I've been wanting to do a podcast on it, but there's a bridge up here in Ohio called uh, Screaming Bridge. I've heard of that. Right. Yeah. And I've been it's literally in 5 miles up the road from me. And I <laughs> the story was, you know, as I was when I was in high school and the and I graduated and I'm old in 91. to my listeners, they're they're saying, "Oh my god, he's ancient." But that <laughs> that bridge went over a road track and you could hear the story was somebody fell off it to the death. Their car stopped or their car stalled and lady fell to her death and hence the word screaming bridge you could hear somebody scream and the story was if you stopped your car on that road and turned it off it wouldn't turn back on now from personal, naturally being 17 18 year old kid (laughs) we we went and tried it and it turned the car off and boom it didn't want to start we pushed it off the road or pushed it off the bridge and it started now this this could have been because my car was a piece of crap but there's that possibility but the story was there was always Satan. There was a house that, you know, took part in satanic rituals, you know. Yeah. And it was a real desert, not deserted, but there was only a few houses on that street. And, you know, that was kind of the the legend or the, the myth that there was a satanic group right there causing that. I'm like, and, yeah, when I was younger, that did, you know, strike fear because that's what I was taught. But as I started doing a little bit more research in my life and got older with wisdom or got wisdom with by getting older, better way to say it, you know, I don't (laughs) fear that that doesn't that wouldn't strike fear in my heart. I don't I don't care what if I meet somebody on the street and you're Satanist. Whatever, that's your choice. I don't it doesn't affect me at all. Right. Right. I don't fear you or think you're I don't want to say less than a person, but, you know, I just whatever you do what you want. You do you and it doesn't. Affect me at all.
0: Fear is a powerful weapon. Right. It really is. And, you know, you were talking about satanic houses and homes, and, right. uh, you know, uh, things can attach themselves to dwellings. Uh, unfortunately, especially if there's been rituals, blood right. rituals, um, right. any, any sort of true satanic ritual or witchcraft, mm-hmm. things can attach themselves there and just stay there. I, I can't say that for 100% sure but I don't know.
1: You know, it's, in, in actuality we can't say any of this is in, in right. 100% proof cuz if you know, if we had 100% proof of any of this, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you right now. <laughs> you know. Right. Th- these are all theories.
0: It's experience and right. past wisdom and knowledge, and, right. yeah. So
1: these are all um, just yeah. hypotheses that we're all coming up with. <laughs> and you know, they're based on learning and experiences. You know, yep. and we, you know, we're, we might not be dead nuts on the uh, correct path, but we're probably pretty close. There are definitely things right. in this world we don't understand in all aspects oh of
0: life. That's that is the truth. Yeah. And we we'll should all be lifelong learners. We should exactly. always seek to to understand. You know, it, always learn.
1: Right, that's you know I'm a firm believer. The more you learn, the better off you are, and it keeps you young. You know, if you keep yeah. your mind young, I think <laughs> you know you see see and hear these people living the 90s or 80s, probably because they're always trying to learn something. Sure. When you stagnate, you're stagnant yourself. You know, that is when you know things start to really go downhill. Sure. Um. Now, how you we talked about you being an exorcist. Now, mm-hmm. how does one go about becoming an exorcist
0: <laughs> one should never aspire to be one
1: ever. that was what i was thinking but i didn't want to offend you <laughs>
0: um i i don't think i aspired to be one i really don't i think it, it just happened um because of the nature of everything that i've dealt with my whole life maybe it's predestined i don't know um it's just what happened to me uh, my experience it um I know the authority that I have in Christ over over the demonic, and I have a better understanding of – and I can see a bigger picture and know what's going on. Some people call it psychic. I don't call it that, but it's – I don't know. It's just a, a sixth sense of knowing. I just know. And it's – it is interesting. It's a fascinating subject, sure. You know, so you got to get past all of that too. Right. It uh, it's spooky, uh, but it comes with. Hmm, if if you're going to be one, you should be well versed in in your theology, know what you're talking about, and dedicated. Um, you can't be wishy-washy, double-minded, uh, in it one day, out the next, uh, not truly believing in it. You know, it's not just it's not a profession it's it's a calling it's a and it's not glamorous by any stretch of the imagination no matter what Hollywood will spin right. it is awful because you're a constant target right you're a threat to to the enemy mm-hmm. you oppose a threat and they will they'll kill your family they'll kill your friends they'll make your life a living out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not careful and it it has a lot of it is you have to be prudent, careful. Like I said before, uh, best defense is a good offense. So you live the life, you live what you, you say, you live what you preach, right? You do the best you can,
1: (laughs) you know, as
0: as a human being.
1: How long have you been, or how long, yeah, how long have you been essentially an exorcist or what And what was the time frame, you know, when you got into the church and decided to devote your life professionally, I should say, not spiritually, but as make this your calling, how long between getting into the from a start to becoming a exorcist and going down that path?
0: Well, of course, I was uh, become a believer first uh, when I was really young. And I think I, I finally... Fell into this about, I mean, truly devoted to it about ten years ago. Now every believer is an exorcist. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. Uh, we're called to cast out demons, so to speak. Uh, you know, exorcist is never actually used in scriptures. Just just to let you know, right. Something that we put on it. Is cast out demons is is what they say. And it's, it should only be about 10% of your job. The rest of it is uh, living a holy life, teaching somebody how to live a holy life and devote themselves um, to their God, you know, and uh, not being a so-called, I guess, uh, hypocrite, right. um, not being double-minded. Not. It, it, that's what it takes, you know, to really… Oh, it okay let me go back backwards a little bit um, I don't believe too many young people should be in this profession or, or in this um, without the guidance of somebody that's more mature because of the threat of emotions being involved right young people are prone to more emotional type stuff it's just the way it happens you know yeah they
1: need a little As bit of life experience to. Wage that internal yeah. conflict and be able to hand, handle certain situations.
0: Yeah. All right. You got to be prudent. You got to mm. be wise. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't call myself wise or prudent by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's it's just life experience. Exactly. Um, and for a young person, just to throw themselves into this, it's dangerous.
2: Right.
0: Super super dangerous. You're just going to end up get destroyed yourself. Mm. You know, if, you, if you're not careful happens all the time um and and you got to learn how to approach this slowly and methodically and never ever jump to the conclusion that the first thing you see is demon possession ever and it it really does take a team of of professionals not not just clergy i'm talking about psychiatrists medical doctors uh You know just to uh, counselors to talk to these people there may be a medical reason why this Mm -hmm. is happening
1: right yeah cuz you know that's always been kind of my how much of especially in the past you know cuz a lot of mental illness which is a huge topic in today's society does the symptoms do replicate and are very similar to some of the signs of possession or oppression sure and so I always wondered how many of some of the exorcisms in the past were actually just misdiagnosed misdiagnosed people with you know really just a mental problem
0: right you know some of the the late last uh, stats that I found actually came from the Catholic Church it's one in five thousand people one in five thousand cases are actual possession
1: which, honestly, you know, that does not shock me, and that actually it goes along with my way of thinking, I believe, yeah.
0: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm, absolutely. And he's, he's got to be prudent about it, right. wise, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, you need a team, you need to have people with those mm-hmm. backgrounds. You, so you need a, somebody with spiritual knowledge and medical knowledge and experience mm-hmm. to essentially make that determination.
0: Yeah, and there's ways that to the clergy could test it in, in the field. You know, they could uh, say a, a blessing in Latin or in a language that that person doesn't understand, right? Right. If if that person reacts to it negatively, violently, there might be something there that needs to be getting, gotten rid of. Right. You could do simple blessings over over a person. Because there's things that, that would manifest In a possessed person that would not manifest in a mentally ill person, right? Like, uh, uh, telling you or knowledge of the unknown, a knowledge of things that they would not know about. Um, say you're talking to somebody who seems schizophrenic, automatically starts telling you about what you and your grandmother did when you were five and rolling through those events. Wow, something's something strange there. Right. Or if that person is incredibly strong, stronger mm-hmm. than you know, people in crack could be pretty freaking strong. Right. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, you know, or whatever drug they're on nowadays.
2: Right.
0: Um, but this is a natural strength. I could show that. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking languages that they don't understand or they don't know. That's another sign mm-hmm. to look for. And trying to I, I I don't I don't really go and try to provoke demons. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not wise. <laughs> you know, and
1: here's the here and I've had to kind of get off topic just a little bit, but not really. I guess when I've been on investigations, we've you know we've come across some things that you know seemed a little bit more evil, mm-hmm. and everybody's first you know first uh, reaction is to immediately back off or in. Jump to the demonic card, you know. And I'm not that way. I'm. I'm like, okay, well, let's. And I'll put. We were at a house of, you know, that was actually this place had been reported. It been. It's a, you know, I don't want to say attraction, but it has been investigated several times. And we were in one room, and I did have some personal physical. I didn't feel real comfortable in the room, in the house, in certain rooms in the house. It was a real small house that I generally don't have that issue with in most cases. But there was just something there that was, you know, affecting me physically. Whether in, mm-hmm. you know, whether that was a high EMF field, which can have those same symptoms, or there was an entity there, or there was a demon there, I don't know. But and it can't. It was it was one particular room, but it wasn't consistent all night. You know, it came and went. It, it it was there when I first got there. It was an uneasiness, is the best way I can feel it in physical illness. You know, I felt uh, nauseous. Sure. sure. But I didn't, it wasn't that way all night. So, through the course of our investigation, some people were feeling some evil, demonic type entities, which naturally I'm sitting there kind of not rolling my eyes, but going, <laughs> pump the brakes, slowly roll a little mm-hmm. bit here. Mm-hmm. And there was some, somebody said, there's something in the kitchen. So here's what I did. You know, I said, okay, it's in the kitchen. I got my butt up and walked in the kitchen. And, you know, they're telling me, be careful, be careful. I'm like, I'll be fine. Uh-huh. Let me go see what's going on here. Now, in that, now that could have been stupid, but That's I, I do. <laughs> but it, I, I felt I was in the right mind, right mindset. You know, I was filling my Cheerios, I guess, but I, I felt I had, I was in the proper mindset to where I could handle it and protect myself. Now, and I've always had the philosophy was I don't provoke spirits or demons or whatever unless it's more of a reaction type thing. If it's more of a protection type thing, Mm -hmm. you know, to project strength, essentially. If I feel I'm getting, if I'm feeling I'm getting attacked, I'm going to fight back. Yeah. yeah, You know, if somebody, if Joe Blow comes punching me in the face, guess what? They're getting a right (laughs) hook too. You know, they better (laughs) knock me out first. But, you know, I'm not going to immediately walk into a room and start, you know, banging, you know, banging the drum and right. calling them out, provoking them. Now, if they if they come at me, you know, okay, I'll fight fire with fire if I have to. But mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's best to do that because you do want to, pro- like we spoke about earlier, you do want to project strength. Mm-hmm. And I, when people say, ooh, you can't provoke spirits. No, you can't unless they're trying to provoke you. Now, whether that's a demon or that's a spirit, like we've discussed, or how I, what I believe, um, it's okay. Now you might lose the battle, and I might come across something that it doesn't matter how strong I think I am, you know. But I'm fully aware of that possibility, and I will take that responsibility on. But if I don't think if somebody's getting if I was getting physically attacked, I think I would be worse off just to be meek and kind of ball up in a corner a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, are you thinking um, projecting strength or confidence? What do you think? Um, is I is a better example, or is it both?
1: I think it's both. If I had to, uh, I would say both, but it's more strength because confidence can be fake, you know. Okay. Yeah. You can't fake strength, mental strength. Well, you can, but it's going to be. It, if you're faking mental strength, that uh, let me rephrase that. Now that I'm talking about it. confidence is just faked mental strength, essentially. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Um, you can be confident, but still not f- firmly believe in your or be and be strong. I think Makes if sense. you. If you're mentally strong, you are confident, but being confident doesn't make you mentally strong, I guess is a better way of putting it. Philosophy. I know this. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, but I would say, if I had to say, if you had to, if I had to narrow it down, I would say both, but I would go more mental strength. You have to be confident, but you, I guess you can't have one without the other, really, but I mean.
0: I I just wanted to know if if there was... A distinction in your mind on
1: that or not? I, I'm interested. That's all. Yeah, I mean, but I I'm not against provoking. Now, if you just walk into a place and you know and start really going to banging the drum and going to town, and saying I'm here, let's do this. You, you're an idiot, and things are going to go bad for you. But don't shy right. away if something you feel something is presenting itself. Don't back into a corner because they're I've always related spirits or evil spirits or demons to bullies. You know, they're going after the weakest people. Yeah. You know, they're not. Yeah. A bully doesn't want, doesn't pick on somebody strong. They're picking on somebody they can have power over. And if yeah. if you and I tell this to my kids and my daughters all the time, the only way you somebody has power over you is if you give it to them.
0: And, that's exactly it you know that's exactly yeah, what I was just gonna say <laughs> your boss has power
1: over you but you're trading that power for a paycheck you know you gave that yeah. boss power and so well, never give up your power is basically what right. I try to preach to any young person in my life
0: yeah. and how I would put that uh, my terms is uh, be careful who you who you what uh, subject your will to right. who who you willfully giving yourself to mm-hmm. you know, you know, watch watch out because you know as aside from our free will I mean we can choose yes or no
1: right
0: that, that, that's what gives that demon power over us right we willingly disobey
1: right now getting back to exorcism because I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by this because I've never <laughs> seen an exorcist I've never talked to an exorcist mm-hmm. I' saw the movie but that was been shooting <laughs> Um, back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, Pure Hollywood. Exactly, and that's where I, where I was going with this. <laughs> An exorcism isn't what you see, what we relate it to, because we've been brainwashed into by Hollywood by thinking it's somebody laying on the bed and next thing you know, they're levitating, their head spinning around. Um, what What are the characteristics as of the actual exorcism? I mean, it's not some... I mean, it's not Hollywood, it's not, I would say it's not that dramatic, if I had to guess, but it is emotionally dramatic. dramatic, I guess. I mean, spiritually dramatic, but not physically, you know, what they portray on the big screen.
0: Right, and you know, things like that are extremely rare. They really are. Uh, it, I'm not saying it can't happen. Right. As a matter of fact, I've, I've heard cases that, you know, bodies do, can, do contort. They can uh, the, d- the devil can, demon, whatever is in them, can contort the body into weird, strange shapes. You know, backwards walks is pretty common. Mm-hmm. The jaw opening really wide. The eyeballs rolling to the back of the head. Um, blood coming out of uh, nose, eyes, ears, mouth, etc. Bending arms and legs in weird, <laughs> weird fashion, you know, that stuff can happen, sure. But most of the time, it's a battle of wills. Right. A lot of a lot of screaming, a lot of uh, screaming on their part. Uh, exorcist should keep his or her uh, wits about him right. and not not in any means get emotionally involved. Right. Emotion should be so far from it. It just has to be faith Mm -hmm. I follow um, a ritual Um, a lot of times I like to read a lot of this ritual because it keeps me focused on Christ on the battle on the task at hand rather than the manifestations they'll do manifestations just to try to distract the exorcist and distract the person that's trying to get rid of them it's about the only reason they would manifest themselves right uh, either that, or they're just angry. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. they're they're losing their cool. because you want to drive them to to lose their cool, ultimately. Right. And it's just lots of prayer. It's it's a, it can be lengthy. It could be days, weeks, months, uh, repeated uh, sessions. And it could happen in one one time. It all depends on that person mm. that is is affected. Are they going to yield to God, or are they going to stay yielded to Satan? That that person has to reject that spirit out of them. Uh, we, you know, sure, I could an exorcist, a, a person, a Christian, they could drive it out. Sure, call it, you know, tell it to go, go away, after a fast prayer. But that doesn't mean it's going to stay away. Right, that person could still want it there.
1: So it's kind of like if I had to relate it to something it's kind of like addiction. That person yeah. person has to be ready to make that change. And yeah, so yeah. the person that's being possessed has to be willing to fight and reject that spirit. You can drive it out but if they're not ready to you know change their life or in terms of addiction if they're not ready to get off the bottle then you can get them to quit for a week but you know they're eventually going to go back to it. Same thing kind of with yeah. possession
0: exactly okay. ultimately you know some of this it, it could be just pointless
1: right <laughs> now how now how many exorcisms have you done i'm hoping it's a very low number <laughs> but you know i'm not gonna be shocked
0: yeah it's uh over a dozen
1: okay and that's over how many how many years
0: um
1: 15 probably okay so a little less than yeah. one a year so yeah. i'm
0: not that common, right. And and think of this too. I mean, I I'm not a full time person. I put myself out there, sure. Right. I mean, but I I do have a profession, uh, by vocational, I guess you can call it. Because uh, I don't charge, I don't I don't want to charge or have to collect any money for any services that I do,
1: right?
0: At all, but I still have to make a living.
1: <laughs> right. Now, are you a part of? I guess how should I, I mean are you part of a church that you know can be are you more of a solo act or how do uh i mean is it how if say I was possessed or I was having a you know i thought I was possessed or what how would i reach out what would i how would i would i even contact you i mean how would i know you're this is what you do
0: I'm an independent minister, mm-hmm. but I am accountable uh spiritually to groups right you know, it, it's not like I'm a a freelance artist that isn't accountable to anybody. Right. <laughs> you have to be accountable spiritually to people, right. you know, to each other. Um, at this the ministry isn't very popular. I guess it's it's rejected by sixty percent of the church. Uh, you know, the church goers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to throw statistics at it, you know, most people don't believe in a real evil. Right. it's just a uh, a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that represents—I don't know—we want to call something a big bad devil, right? So, uh, so for the church to accept it, pretty rare, right? You know, Except for the Catholic Church, even they uh, don't all accept it, right? Uh, believe it or not.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, because that's that's kind of a misconception I always had. You know, when I thought of demonologists or demon, I always related it to the Catholic Church. From my experiences growing up, you know, I was I was raised Southern Baptist. Essentially, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't really—I didn't have much experience or much working knowledge or education in this particular topic. Yeah, but what it's I did, taboo. but what mm-hmm. I did know was the church. I, for, might be a wrong word, but was more open to it, or they—that was their realm. That was their expertise. And you know as I've gotten older and done especially now doing more research and I was like okay the Catholic church does not have a monopoly on this
0: topic. No, no they they like to say that they do. Uh they believe they're the one true church. Right. Um I don't know I I follow the orthodox christian faith more than I do anything else. Right. Uh a lot of wisdom there and it's it's a faith that hasn't changed since the first century. So Right. You know, they haven't changed their doctrine at all. You know, whereas Catholic Church, it, it evolves with the times. right? Uh, you know, accepting this and that and the other. I don't want to put anybody down. I'm not putting faith down. Right. Yeah. Okay. So don't get me wrong.
1: I mean, I've always had the philosophy of it's all the same thing, just different interpretations of the same yeah. thing. You know, everybody's got yeah. their own opinion. If those are a little two cents worth if, it.
0: If you seek truth, you'll find it. Right. You know, it's, it's all in the person. It really is right, how much you study and and capital so um I don't know if I'd like to uh I don't have a business card I don't uh <laughs> advertise myself so much as you know this is what I do. it should be word of mouth mostly right. after the person has talked to people et cetera' A lot of times, especially in today's day, day and age, they'll just jump to the automatic conclusion that they're possessed right. or they're oppressed. Or it's, I do a lot of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do meet with folks, um, sometimes many times before I even make a determination and pray with folks. It depends on their background, how much they've been involved in the occult, what they've done. You Because know, I've talked to people that have done blood magic. You know something is going on there, right <laughs> something will attach to you if you're sacrificing things to deities right <laughs> that has to be dealt with
1: now, let me ask you this um you've say you've you just said you did par- approximately about a dozen exorcisms, but how many have you been called in on or people how many times have you been contacted? Uh, what's your ratio of okay i got I get this phone call or whatever email whatever. Mm-hmm. 12 of them were actual situations that needed an exorcist but how many were you actually called to i mean how many times do you say no you're not possessed you just have some issues you need mm-hmm. to work on
0: literally hundreds
1: Hundred. okay so you actually you're pretty busy then
0: <laughs> until recently yes right. i started uh, uh i went back to uh, seminary so I'm coming, kind of calming it down a little bit. Right. Focusing more.
1: <laughs> when... But oh, go, go
0: I don't know. I keep up, I, I keep my website rolling, though. You know, right. I post things on there and keep it
1: interesting. Because you're out of the Maryland area, area correct? Yes. Now, just south of D.C. What's the furthest you've ever traveled to uh, maybe mm. analyze the situation? Mm,
0: about 50 miles. Okay. I think, yeah try to stay in this area. Right. I mean, I'm, I don't have a, monop- a monopoly on it either. So right. <laughs> there's other people out there that oh, right, are exactly, very yeah. capable.
1: Right. I mean, I didn't know there was th- that many out there until I started actually, <laughs> you know, looking into it. I was like, wow, okay. Sure, sure. Hmm. Very interesting. Just,
0: try to stay in, in the local area, realm of influence.
1: Right. Now, I've when it comes to demons, is there a hierarchy? I mean, I we know since I would think there is, I've kind of started, you know, looking at it a little bit of but there's so many different ways or different people that talk about this subject and there's so many mm-hmm. different versions of the hierarchy. And we know angels have hierarchy, you know, archangels and so on. Mm-hmm. And I would assume demons are the same because since they were fallen angels when they fell with Satan. What is the hierarchy of demons.
0: Um yeah, they, they definitely do. God is a god of order structure. Mm-hmm. Uh and they did come from that. So they are naturally power hungry anyway. Uh, that's that's what caused them to get in this position in the first place. Right. It's is a power struggle. So they'll they'll set up. Um from what I understand, uh there are um territorial Oh boy, how do you how do you structure it? It's kind of like you have a general, you have a headquarters, a central place, and then it's broken up into areas, mm-hmm. uh, like continents. Say you have a you know a central head of that a general of that continent, and then there's areas that uh, you know the sub generals, the major generals or whatever. Sorry, I was I was Coast Guard, I wasn't Army. I don't <laughs> know the Whole general thing, right. <laughs> like admiral and vice admiral. That's right. what I know, uh, but but they're not on the land anyway. And then I don't. It does bottom out, of course, to the foot soldier. But they're accountable. Uh, they're probably rebellious as well. Right. I'm not going to say they're not. You know, stepping on in is territory. But I, I think it's pretty tightly controlled by fear and torture as to what they're supposed to be doing. Right, And, uh, they have nothing but, uh, time.
1: Right. Now who, when we're talking rather hauntings or demonic activity in a home, and then we talk about possession, who actually is doing when in the demon world, I guess, who's doing the, the possessions. Do they, is that for the hierarchy of, you know, the, for lack of a better word, more important demons? Or does, you know, the demon at the bottom of the totem pole actually, can they actually possess? Or they just, they got to work their way up to possession. They have to just, you know, rattle some chains and move some keys around.
0: (laughs) Um, I I can't honestly answer that um, fully. Uh, I just know that they're liars. (laughs) You can't really uh, trust what's, what's said. Uh, but I think it depends on the person. If it's uh, uh, just somebody, I don't know, a street person, will say. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. Right. Um, versus somebody that's in the White House. Who do you think would get the job of possession in each one of those?
1: Right. I would say. Uh,
0: you know, yeah. um, it, it might be that. Right. Um, how influential is the person in this world? Um uh, and who, who's going to get that job? Who's, who's responsibility? Because if they fail, they're going to be held accountable.
1: Right. Yeah, because you know I've always I, as I as you explained, I was kind of like, okay. Well, maybe it's just to something like depends on the person being possessed or the person who they are trying to possess. If you know, just to, just for <laughs> a lower run demon is trying to possess somebody. Oh, I can't do this. Let me call in as a backup and get whatever their name is, whatever. They're... Let me call Joe and get Joe over here. He's a little bit higher up on the food chain than I am. Let him handle this one. I'll, I'll go pick somebody else. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, it uh, kind of makes sense a little bit.
0: It depends on the popularity, the influence that that person can have. Like you've heard of Annalise <laughs> Michelle, right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest, most popular, I think, possession case. Right. Um, Supposedly, uh, Beelzebub, uh, Stalin, Hitler, they call themselves those names, whether that's their actual name or not, I right. don't know. But it, it's, um, it's, it calls out a position of that demon, right? You know, um, what level famous, you know, some one that's been powerful, uh, one that, uh, it's more influential than the rest. Uh, more successful, I guess. But I, mean, I don't know. Again, demons lie. Right. So who knows?
1: You know, this is a question, just since we're talking about exorcism a little bit and possession. um, We know demons can essentially take somewhat of a living form, you know, either whether mm-hmm. it be human or animal or whatever we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then you have possession. And I've always kind of, I'll let you answer or give your opinion on this. I've always thought, well, if they can actually take somewhat of a human form, because there's those people that believe, like, just since you mentioned Hitler, Mm -hmm. you know, could have been a demon, essentially. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get much eviler than that. (laughs) You know, that could have been a demon. Why? I've always like, okay, why do we have possession? If they can take human form, if they can actually walk on this earth, in some human form, they could do more more damage like Hitler, you know, Mm -hmm. as a person of power rise to that power, why even possess some 12-year-old girl? You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, what's what's the point? It seems like that would be more productive to their end goal than it would be the other.
0: Well, they take human form. It's not going to be for very long. Right. For one thing. Okay. Uh, maybe not enough time to actually do any damage, uh, but think of this too. You know, the human being, as far as we're 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 capable of withstanding a certain amount of attack from external sources. Mm-hmm. You know, emotional abuse and physical abuse. We can we have mechanisms to take care of that because we see it, we know it. Um, whereas with possession, it makes the person. Believe that they are crazy. Right. They're losing their mind. They're losing control. Actually, lose control of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're more irrational, more, um, more hectic, more, more prone to uh, violence and susception to any kind of uh, whatever they say to them. You know, right? Um, they'll do whatever. The so voices in the head are in their head are telling them to do it. So. Just, I got to do it, or they're—it's almost like an OCD type thing. If they don't do it, it's painful. Right. That's what a possession's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's—it's it's torture. It's pure torture for a person. Uh, whereas you can get away from somebody for a certain amount of time, <laughs> or get away from them completely. Right. right. If they're another another being altogether.
1: I mean, just it's avoid f- them you know I, I mean i that's what you're saying i and uh, i guess both would be very valuable in their demonic toolbox i guess but i just think or even possession you know if their ultimate goal is to ruin us because they're jealous of our life and our free will you know it, possessing somebody or attacking the more powerful essentially would be a much either Possessing them or taking forms and or you know, taking form and expressing their will on those people would be much more beneficial to than, you know, little old me podcast host coming at me. You know. I hear you. I hear you. You know, I it just I've always kind of thought, okay, maybe before I even started this series, you know, focusing on demons, I was like, okay. And it's kind of started with port my thinking with portals. You know, people say a mirror or portals. and But I was like, well, maybe when we look at a mirror, we're looking at a reflection of ourselves. Maybe the demon is really, we're our inner demon, essentially. We all have issues on the inside in in our brains. And maybe when we look in a mirror, we're looking ourselves, our true selves and, you know, I was like, so maybe demons are just really our personal demons that we have to battle every day. So I was like, well, there, there's a fine line to where, you know, spirituality takes part, takes, mm-hmm. you know, takes root in trying to decipher all the messages, essentially. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a vast topic. That's why, you know, I'm making this for, I'm hoping four episodes, but it could be more, who knows?
0: Yeah uh you know mirrors i don't know i <laughs> <laughs> now i know people that have seen demons in mirrors right uh, in in themselves they've looked in there and they've they've seen inside themselves right that that does happen whether it's a portal to another world i don't
1: right. know yeah i'm not a big you know i don't honestly i don't buy it I, you areas. know a portal can be opened anywhere you know there're definitely thin spots to where between realms Essentially, yeah. and I'm using realms or dimensions, however, you want to. The spirit whatever world, whatever your word, <laughs> whatever the spirit world to this world is a you know, the the bridge between that is a portal. I don't think it's an object, I don't think it's a doorway. Somebody said a window can be a portal. I said, Yeah, when a window is just a portal to the outside, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all it I is. believe, that's all it is, <laughs> and you know, a, a mirror. And we are so, and this goes back to you know, photography, back when photographer, photography was created. You know, people, it was, you know, something strange. They weren't used to it, seeing themselves. You know, a mirror is pretty much the same thing. We, nobody is 100% confident in themselves. You know, they all see their own flaws more than anybody else sees their own flaws. And a mirror is projecting, you know, just bouncing that right back. And so we naturally think that that's something bad. You know, our brain tells us yeah. that's bad. That's all a mirror is. A portal can be anywhere, in any place. It can be opened up by, like you said, ceremonies or rituals or right. whatever. Anywhere. It doesn't have to be an object or some a doorway or whatever. It can mm-hmm. be anywhere. The portal, just because there's a portal in a mirror or in a window or whatever, it just got open. That's just, it's not the window. It's just that area or that space. What happened. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know it's one of those things. Who knows? Oh, okay, that is there anything you want to add or say about demons that we haven't hit thus far?
0: Oh boy, there's so much, but I, uh, uh, for the sake of time, I know,
1: I know we're we're, I we're going um, a little along here, but
0: I don't know. Help to the paranormal. I mean, I'm always available for for prayer, for guidance, for for anything. I'm just putting that out there.
1: That's all. Okay, well, um, let me ask you one question before we call this one done for the day. What is not, no names or anything, just the experience, what is the worst exorcism you ever had to do? What is the closest to the movie version <laughs> that you've had to experience? I don't want just the, you said, get out demon, and that's it, because that's boring. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, they want right, right. levitation and projectile vomiting. <laughs>
0: I've never seen levitation or projectile vomiting. <laughs> it's been, a, it's been mostly screaming and right. uh, cursing and their, their face contorting and uh, weird colors and just unnatural colors, right. you yeah. know, gray and green. Uh, it's, it's ugly. Right. Um, and the fight, I think are the, the long battles, the long fights, the, the, that's the worst I've seen. It's it's awful. Just the voices, the screaming, right. the the nature of what's said is awful, and it's it's terrifying. Right. As, you know, you should go to confession before you go to any kind of exorcism. You really should. It will be made known what you have done. All of your secrets mm. will be made known. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that.
1: Now you're we talked about having a team. I'm assuming you have a team that you you don't go in this completely alone. Do you or No, never. Right. So never. Who do you what type of people do you bring when you say you get a call tonight and you're going to go do an exorcism or at least evaluate the situation? Who do you take? What type of people do you take or and how many?
0: Um my wife is my best, uh, my best defense, I guess. Right. <laughs> She's a believer. Um, she'll go with me sometimes. My daughter, uh, friends. I have a friend that'll go. Uh, but believers, right. definitely somebody that to be there praying in the background or just listening, an outside source of, just in case I get tunnel vision, right. you know, get it perspective
1: from that person i mean kind of yeah. a lifeline just in case you know because i would assume you're in just as much danger as the person who is actually dealing with the, the affliction yeah, it,
0: everybody there right is yeah definitely a lot of danger
1: right
0: it can be dangerous i guess right,
1: right. <clears throat> okay that's you know I, that's good you know i'm glad you and i i think it's great that your wife comes because you have to draw strength from her you know just your yeah. relationship alone that that would be you know has to help but i would also kind of think that i don't not being disrespectful that would be also a weakness kind of thing that's that is more of a target if a spirit or the de- i'm sorry the demon does know that your wife you know they could attack use that against you in a way have you found that
0: i haven't seen that yet okay
1: well i hope yeah. you never do but, hope you never do
0: <laughs> me too <laughs> Yeah, that's I I know exactly what you're saying. Right.
1: I mean, because I would think they would use, you know, you're using every trick in your book. I would think they're combating <laughs> you with every trick they have as well. So you never know. Yeah. yeah all right. Twenty
0: well, steps ahead of me already. All
1: right. Thank you so much for coming on and enlightening <laughs> us sure. a little bit about the demonic world. I thank you, and I really hope you can, you know, come back and kind of. Lend an experience or if you think of something we didn't cover like i said i'm going to be covering this for a while for at least yeah. the next month and then obviously in the future as well
0: yeah you can you can follow me on on twitter or uh, my website at
1: hauntedsoul.org. Hauntedsoul.org, those will all be in the link and what is your twitter handle
0: uh it's at dc outlet dc outlet.
1: okay and is that is just twitter do you have a facebook or instagram or anything F-
0: Facebook hates me so <laughs> Facebook hates everybody. I
1: can't get
0: on Facebook anymore. Mm-mm. So I don't even do
1: Facebook that much. I have it just for the mere fact of for this but I don't it's it's a waste of time. I understand. All right. Well, thank you once again for coming on. I appreciate your time and I really sure. think people got s- some good information here that they can possibly use if they are having some sort of issue at least they have some knowledge and they can educate themselves further. So thank you so sure. much for coming on. Oh,
0: sure thing. Thank you so much.
1: All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We went over a lot of information. Now next week we are going to do kind of a summary of all the topics that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. It'd be basically just a little bit of a review and then we'll kind of move on to some other paranormal conversation. and. But if you have had a demonic experience or you are an expert in the field, be sure to reach out on Twitter at night underscore ghost. Or you can send me an email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your story. And we might even be able to get you on an episode in the near future. So until next week, take care, everybody.